0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Leaders or Readers. I'm Kathy. And I'm Valmai. And today we've got the, uh, is she the Literacy Ambassador? Yes. From Mahomics Middle School, Kelsey Cohen.
1: Yes, and I think she does work in with a lot of different Mameranek schools in the district. So we'll hear what she has to say
0: and uh, hear what her role is in the school and how she works with the children to make everybody just a little more excited about reading. So, welcome to the podcast,
2: Kelsey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting.
0: So, we'll get uh, get our your first question out of the way here. So, uh, what is your what is your job title? Sure, I wear two hats um, in
2: the district now. I am the Homics Literacy Ambassador. Um, so, I have special license plates. No, I don't have special license plates, but <laughs> I have an amazing job. I work really closely with teachers and students. On independent reading. So, library collections in classrooms and in our school libraries, supporting students developing strong uh, independent reading lives. So, they really see themselves as readers, they know their preferences, they know what they love. Um, You know, book talking to students, which is one of my favorite things to do, and making sure they're all on reading paths that bring them joy and, um, you know, challenge their thinking and move them forward. And then my second hat is I'm the district library, um, curriculum specialist. So I coordinate the libraries K to 12. So I work with a fantastic group of school librarians and, you know, together we, in the last year, as you can imagine, we have evolved and we, um, you know, had to pivot and find new inventive, uh, creative ways to reach our readers and support our teachers. So it has been a rocky road, um, you know, for public libraries and school libraries. But I'm very proud of the work that that we've accomplished um, since you know the pandemic began. So that's my those are my two my two roles within the district right now.
1: That's interesting that
2: you kind of have
1: multiple avenues into that, so that. Ties in nicely with our next question, which is, and maybe you don't have a typical day, and you can a- answer this in terms of before the pandemic, how you sure tr- transitioned into it. But what what would a typical day of work look like for you?
2: Yeah, so it, y- you have it right. There is no typical day, which is part of the beauty of my roles. I get to you know work on various projects, create and innovate, and problem solve with classroom teachers, with school librarians, as I mentioned, with, with readers. Um, So one thing that I've absolutely loved uh, in the last year is I, I held book clubs with our, some of our remote learners. So students who learned from home um, the entire school year or a portion of the school year last year. Um, And so we would meet a couple of times a week and, you know, it was great. It was a great community. We, we talked a lot about books. We talked about reading, but we also just talked. And, you know, I think that it was a way, one way that we found to, you know, stay connected with those kids. And now they're all coming back. So it'll be amazing to see them um, in person. But, you know, a typical day, you know, I, I definitely spend time in classrooms every day working with teachers and readers. I spend time in the HOMEX School Library or another school library um, every day. And then I do teach Um, At least last year, I taught a sixth grade library kind of introductory course, which is awesome because I get to know the sixth grade students and then I get to follow them all three years, which is another unique part about my job is, um, you know, unlike classroom teachers, which is kind of spend a year with them and and see them progress a lot. I, you know, I get like the big uh, three-year arc with them Um, and even sometimes still see them at the high school, which which
0: is really cool. So what would you say that your favorite uh, part of your job is?
2: My favorite part of my job is finding the right book for the right kid at the right time. We, as a team, I work with an incredible um, literacy team at comics that involves our school librarian, Sarah Maljolio, our library clerk, Andrea Kane, who is amazing, um, and then our incredible literacy teachers and English teachers. So I think that, you know, we all would say finding that spark, finding that one book that you know, really engages the kid, really captivates their curiosity, their attention. Um, and then they come back and they're like, what's next? I mean, that's the best feeling, right? Is is finding that, you know, that book that sets them on a path
1: to become readers. In that kind of vein, do you have a memory of what your favorite book was as the same age as your students or younger or older, like just like growing up, do you have a connection with a book like that? And And does it still stick with you or just anything to do with your personal connection to a book?
2: Yeah. So it's funny because I get asked the question like, well, what's your favorite book? And I'm like, I don't really have a favorite book. I know. like, I don't know. Am I allowed to say that as a librarian? I guess I am. I have, you know, reading experiences that I've, I've carried with me. Um, So I, I first, like as a kid, I was a series reader. So if it was a series I loved it. So I read like the American Girl book series, you know, with the dolls and everything. I love Babysitter's Club and I love that the graphics are back and, and bringing, you know, bringing that series back. I love Sweet Valley High, um, you know, a true kid of the nineties. The and then I would say, you know, probably one, one reading experience that I had um, was actually my undergrad. I was a pre-service teacher in Ohio, at Ohio Wesleyan University, and I was in a young adult literature class, and we read Monster" by Walter D. Myers, which is a book that made me realize that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to find books that would change people, you know, make them look at the world in a different way. And I guess as a teacher, that was the first time I thought, oh, there are books for kids like this. And so I, my whole pathway has been getting those books into readers hands, whether it's through the curriculum or through independent reading through book clubs. That's so I'm, I'm into, I, I love all books. I love almost all books, but I, I really want to
0: create uh, reading experiences for kids to change them. Is there something that you've read recently that, that sticks with you?
2: Anything by Elizabeth Acevedo, Clap When You Land. I guess I read that last summer, um, but she is an author that, that I will carry with me, that I carry carry with my heart, that I love giving her books to kids. I think that they're, they're kind of home runs, <laughs> so to speak, with our students. This summer, I read Marion Johnson's new book. I think it's called Playing the Cards You're Dealt. Uh, that was a really. I haven't read anything by him. I read Twins, the graphic novel, but I, I haven't read one of his novels yet. And I found that to be really a great book for middle school. We're always looking for books that have like appeal for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, as you probably know, as librarians. There's upper YA that that kind of skews higher that you know our high school reads a lot, and then we have you know middle grade, which sometimes is a little lower for our students. Like appeal, it, it seems kind of childish. So something like Varian Johnson, where he's like a really good, like solid middle school author. I'm excited to share that book with kids.
1: The Parker Inheritance is a fun one for that age group as well, because it has like a really interesting mix of looking at historical for things being the way they are, as well as being a mystery and a family mystery. But it's not a scary mystery, which I think is can be off-putting for some Yeah, that's the only one I've read by and Johnson, but he's got some really interesting takes. Yeah.
2: In in this book, Playing the Cards You dealt, narration is really interesting. So you don't know who the narrator is until the end of the book. Um, So when I book talk it to kids, I'm going to let them know that because you're kind of like, am I supposed to know who's who's telling the story here? And you don't until the end. And he kind of drops hints along the way. Yeah. I recommend that one. I think it comes out in October. I don't think it's out. I was lucky enough to get a, an advanced reader copy of that.
1: I think I have one too, and I haven't picked it up yet. So I might do that because that seems yep. like... An- <laughs> we can um, talk Kathy- more about it. Kathy's actually our tween librarian. So that's an interesting age group to get the right book because there right. are a lot out there, but sometimes they're in two different places in the public. Yep. Book. And the cover on that one, is
2: really good. It's a really solid cover. I don't know who designed the cover up but hats off to them because it's a really
1: it's a great cover. Sort of going off of like you've talked about narration and the experience of reading. Do you have memories of not only just books but going to the library because you're involved with school libraries that could be at school or at the public library or or both? Do you have any strong memories of that? So I
2: would say from both public and school libraries, like being read aloud to is one of my strongest memories from both. So we had Mrs. D at East Elementary School. I grew up in Central Ohio and I remember her reading aloud to us, um, you know, in our in our school library. Um, I also remember her trying to explain the card catalog to me. And I was I don't I really don't think I understood until I went to library school. Um, But thanks, Miss D, for all that you did. And then in the public library, the same. So my, my parents took us to the public library, uh, my older brother and I quite a bit. Uh, and we would listen to, I can like envision, you know, the layout of our public library, like, you know, where the picture books are. They had these like paper mache wild things, like on the tops of the uh, the shelves that kind of like reach down at you, which was awesome. But being read aloud to, and my mom, you know, reading aloud to us, I always loved the library. The public library had like, comfortable to reading chairs. Like that was so cool. And so I remember sitting with her and having her read probably Berenstein Bears or something like that to me. But yeah, being read aloud to is probably one of my strongest reading memories
0: from from childhood. And then do you have a a favorite memory of um, the library now?
2: So before the pandemic, (laughs) we as a literacy team we used to hold a lot of different kind of events that brought people into the library. So one of my missions has always been to get the kids that don't normally walk through the door to walk through the door. So we know that there are a lot of readers um, that we, you know, don't necessarily have to hand invite. Like we don't have to write an invitation. They're 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 there all the time, and we love them and we adore them. But I, my one of my questions as a school librarian is was always, well, who isn't here and how can I get them to come? Oh, you know, throughout the years, we've done lots of different events here, book tastings, um, you know, various events that we had. We have one almost every year where, you know, students are invited Um, it's called bookies and cookies it's right before the holidays and we do a huge display of new books in the library we do book talks kids walk around Uh, we haven't been able to do that Um, we did it kind of in a you know in a safe socially distanced way um this year a couple of times but i you know i can't help but miss the times we can have everyone in but hopefully maybe not this year but hopefully next year we'll be able to bring back those those events
1: Do you have any special connections to the area of Mamaroneck? since we're sort of in the same locality? Is there anything that you enjoy going to? We've heard a lot about how specifically for an example, people really like going down to the harbor, but is there any place that sticks out to you? Well,
2: I really love sushi, so I can't think of a better place, well, I mean, besides you know, Japan, uh, to go for sushi besides, uh, Maranek Avenue. So, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, my favorite memories of the Mm Maranek and I moved here from Ohio. My husband grew up in Pelham and I think one of the first meals that I had with my in-laws, they weren't my in-laws yet, but they would become my in-laws before I even moved to New York was at, you know, Red Plum or maybe even whatever it was before Red Plum. Um, you know, having sushi with, with them, meeting them, you know, kind of meeting meeting the, the parents. I love sushi. I love all the restaurants. One of my other favorite memories of Larchmont and the marinac is last year we had a car parade. Um, and I think it was I think it was June of, of 2020. We all came back very socially distanced, you know, um, and we drove through um, Larchmont and the marinac and families came out. Um, and we waved and the kids were just, you know, so excited to to see us. We were so excited to see the kid. I, I made my van into an e-book mobile and put like book covers all over it. And then information actually about hoopla, which, you know, we, we used a ton from the public library and uh, Sora or Overdrive. And I tried to like, inform parents and students of like, you have to keep reading and, and you can keep reading. Uh, these are all the ways. That's also one of my favorite memories of the Marinette. It was a really special, it was a really special day. I have tons of pictures.
0: I know last year, everybody had to adapt. Every, the things got turned upside down. It's like, okay, now we're all working from home or we're teaching from home and all this. Is there one thing that you could say that, that you were most proud of in how you adapted in getting the books and uh, those options to the kids?
2: I am extremely proud of our elementary librarians in the district. Um, so when everything shut down, and there was scrambling, for lack of a better word. You know, we we sent kids home, <laughs> thinking I think that spring break was like two weeks away, and so I remember like talking with colleagues and being like, send them with what they what they'll read in three weeks. Plus a couple extra, you know, so I think at comics maybe we sent them home with like five to six books or something. I can't remember. But the elementary, you know, they sent them with X amount of books. And then very quickly we realized that that was not the case. It was it was a really big team of you know contributors. My you know my counterpart uh Maggie Haddengott who's the um literacy ambassador at the elementary school our assistant superintendent, Annie Ward, elementary reading teachers, the elementary librarians, we all got together and we're like, how are we going to address this? And so we really came up with a plan. Each of our elementary librarians had like five or six kids that they were worked with. And just like this, we we Zoomed with them. We talked about books with them. We talked about how they were doing, you know, and we talked to parents about, you know, how things were going and we knew it was stressful. We were experiencing it ourselves with our own family. But we were able to work with Barnes & Noble and actually send them books, mail them books. So we did that for the remainder of that school year. And we really saw like even um, I did it at the middle school level, too. And even when we came back in hybrid model at the beginning of last year, kids repeatedly talked about those books that were mailed to them. You know, they, some of them were still reading them. you know, they hadn't quite read through them. Um, and at that point, you know, the public libraries were still closed and we rely heavily on you all, um, especially during the summer months. And so access was really, I mean, our top priority. So I was really, really proud of the collaboration that happened and also the fact that Mamarinac is a very student-centered place, and we pride ourselves on how well we know our students as individuals and readers. And so I felt like that project was so successful and worth a lot of time that we put into it. So that was one thing that I'm, I'm just, I hope we never have to do it again. I'm not going to lie. We never have to replicate it, but I'm just really, really proud of that work.
1: I think that's a really great way to wrap up. Kind of ties in a lot of different ideas of community and access. Yeah, right that. But um, do you have anything else to add? Um, We've really enjoyed hearing all of your answers and getting an insight into a different place with uh, libraries.
2: Well, I would just say, you know, I have enjoyed a very long collaboration over the years with our public libraries. We have incredible public librarians. And I know we have some new people in the mix, which is fantastic. It's always great to hear new voices and I look forward to when we can invite the the public librarians into our school. You probably have heard that the teen and children's librarians visit throughout the school year. And, you know, I miss, we miss that. We really miss that. And so I look forward to when that, that can come back. And of course we can always zoom and we can always do that, but it's it's nothing like, you know, meeting kids face-to-face and them seeing your faces here and then, and then seeing you at the library. You'd be like rock stars, really. (laughs) So thank you for, for asking me to participate. It's been fun. Have a great rest of the summer. Although I know you all have been working hard all summer. We got to unplug a little bit, but I know you all have been like nonstop. Thanks for all that work.
0: No, you're welcome. It's, it's worth it uh, to see the kids get so excited about reading. Um, I have one kid, I gave him the reading log and he's come back with at least six or seven of them filled because he just Fantastic. like keeps on going. That's amazing.
1: Have, for the younger children too we have prizes only up to a certain point but kids keep surpassing that because they keep wanting to read so it's definitely a reading community which is really exciting to see yeah
0: absolutely well thank you so much for coming on we appreciated uh, having you it was fun to talk and uh, hopefully we'll get you. to be able to work together with you at some point in in the absolutely. future absolutely thank you All right, well that was our talk with uh
1: kelsey cohen we'd like to thank her for her time and all of her reading suggestions for particular books and strategies and uh we look forward to hearing from her in the future and we'll see everybody on our next uh next
0: show have a good day